Good evening. Welcome to the final series with no cap. How are we, boys? Oh, it's the prelim finals. You're right, Benny. And fuck, what a weekend that was. Before we get started, sponsored by Body Envy Massage, Sydney's number one mobile massage service. We're still waiting for the sponsorship money. Not sure when it's coming in. Um, any updates there, Ben? You'll get it when I get it. Uh, fair enough. What's cracking, boys? All good, boys. Good to be here. Yeah, <laughs> and Tony. <laughs> yeah, good, boys. How we doing? Ah, same old, bro. Abbas. Yeah, mate. It's good to see Tony here. Ah, this is a big panel, man. This is a big panel, and uh, I can't wait to get rip into the games. A couple of conflicting sides here, I reckon. But before we get to the games from the weekend, just quickly, Michael McGuire is going to stay at the West Tigers for 2022. They've confirmed that. The chairman came out and claimed no one else was considered, which was uh, actually bullshit. Let's be honest there. Um, but yeah, congratulations. Uh, West Tigers, uh, they probably get done anyway in mid-season, let's be fair. Benny, you had a lot to say before this. Um, yeah, just congratulations on retaining the, the coaching job. We've heard over the, the last couple of hours that it was Tim Sheen's final call to keep uh, Michael Maguire. And uh, he wants to work with Maguire to to rebuild the club into a great team. And from now on, all recruitment has to go through Tim Sheen's before like it happens. So congratulations, Mick, for retaining your job. Oh, do you think it's the right decision? Of course. They can't afford to keep paying out coaches. They've already sacked like five or ten and paid them all out. But let's be honest, bro. They were trying to get Cameron Sorrell, though. And he pretty much rejected them behind the scenes. That's why uh, well, they kept him. Well, we discussed the uh, Tigers' recruitment processes and how unjust it is last week. So they tried to um, get Tavita Pengai Jr. and didn't succeed. They've tried to get other people um, like Josh Adekar and they haven't succeeded. <laughs> yeah, Tigers, but, but, um, but yeah, but we get that part. But I'm talking about they've just gone back to Maguire because no one else wants the job. How's that a? That's not a great statement on your club. True, Abbas? Uh, well, if that's the reports that there's no one else that wants that job, then yeah, as a club, you've only, you've only got one option, and that's you never want that as a club. You want to have more than one option. It's a bad state at the moment. If that's uh, if that's true. Well, I mean, they they didn't do a review just to keep him. Let's be freaking honest here. Like, I mean, would you take like would anyone take this job honestly? Not a chance. No, uh, I don't think so. At the end of the day, it's not that Maguire doesn't know how to coach. He just um, probably doesn't have the roster to be able to compete every week. And, and because of that, it's turned away a lot of coaches. So I think Dorado turned it down and there's no one else really to go at. They probably would have just got a coach for the sake of getting a coach. But I think they have a good coach there. They just need a, a better roster, I think. But the thing is, they're not like, again, they've run in Tim Sheen's to take a lot of pressure off him in terms of recruitment, like Benny was saying before. But, bro, the Tigers don't even want him. Like, they had a statement ready to go saying why they sacked him. They obviously searched for coaches. Why would Maguire stay in turn? You know what I mean? Like, he's staying because he doesn't want to quit on what he's trying to build there. Would you even stay there if you're Maguire? Look, uh, yeah, I'd probably stay there if I wasn't offered another first-grade coaching job like that. Um, but I think I'm with Jacob on this one. I think like he didn't, he doesn't have the roster there to make an impact um, or even make the eight, in my opinion. Not to cut you off, and even next year, he's, uh, he's starting the year with a um, shit-handed roster because of uh, massive injuries that they're starting off with. If they if they sack him and get someone else, that's going to be like I think their sixth coach in like ten years, and that's like so the past five occasions changing coaches has proven to be ineffective overall. So, like, I think the players just have to be more accountable for what they do and recruit. I, I guess in the background as well, I don't know about Pasco and what he does. Maybe he's a bit of a bad culture for the club, but, yeah, they can't seem to recruit the big names there. Yeah, but someone's got to review them. The That's ones, what I'm saying. And they're not gonna, no one's going to do that. Like, Tim Sheen's going to come in and he's going to probably be voice of reason there. And if... Like, you know, if he, if he has, you know, if he's uneasy about the situation, you know, something's up there and it's not the coach, it's up high, which, you know, let's be honest, for the last 10 years, that's the one constant, the people running the club. You look at, like, you're talking about recruitment, they've got Jackson Hastings coming in, they've got Oliver Gildart coming in, 
I mean, they're not. I mean, they're they're good. They're not, you know, marquee players. And you know, they got one point five million to spend. Apparently, the only players I can think of that are available now are Aaron Woods, Dylan Walker, Tyrone May, um, Harold Sims, Adam Elliott. Adam Elliott. Are they are they marquee players? They're not. Tarek Sims is. He's played for his country. Yeah, but he's a, yeah. He's I, 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 okay, I like him, but um, he's not. He's not in his prime, bro. Ash Taylor's on the market, isn't he? I feel like if they get him for a cheap price, he he might. No, be, no, he's uh, not. Warriors uh, have thrown him a lifeline, and he's taken it. It's not confirmed that he's yeah, taken it. Yeah, it is. Or well, the Oracle has spoken. It's confirmed. Okay. And um, we confirmed. only take the Oracle sources here. Confirmed, Benny. <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed. He's gone. All right. Let's but anyway. Go I don't know where this... Like, who the hell wants to sign there anyway? Like, you're not guaranteed. Like, if Michael Maguire signs you and then he goes, the next coach probably doesn't want you. You know what well, I mean? Take a look at Ivan, uh, Ivan Cleary when he was there. He signed about five, six, eight players on big dollars. None of them succeeded. Yeah, they're kind, of, they're kind of still recovering from the Reynolds and the, the MBI 800K too. So, I, I guess once he moves on too, they'll... They, yeah, they should head in the right direction. The only player, or one of the only players there with the future, Adam Dool, he's out for half the season. So, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. So it's not, it's going to be tough next year. That could that could be wooden spoon favourites, honestly. I don't I don't know how they improve. Who's Mitchell Pierce? Who's Mitchell Pierce signed for? Anyone yet? I haven't um, heard anything. He's staying at Newcastle for now. He's still got one more year. Did they want to release him? They did, but Matty Johns talked them down. So I don't, I, I don't an know. For everything. I, I actually don't know. So. You've got an answer to everything, Benny. The, or, the Oracle Benny, knows everything. Like, how do you know that? Anyway, moving on to what we really want to talk about. Uh, Parramatta versus Penrith. Um, Penrith getting the win there, 8-6. It was 8-6 at halftime, 8-6 full-time. Uh, Benny, put your hand down. You pit Parramatta, put your hand down. <laughs> Probably one of, one of the best games in a while, finals games in a while, not for the quality, but just for the, you know, the contest. And, you know, there's so many opportunities for both sides to take the lead or extend their lead in Penrith's case, but a lot of incidents come out of it. And let's just get straight to the biggest one, the trainer incident. Um, some say he, he cheated. Some say uh, Parramatta were duped, but he got fined and he got banned for the rest of the year, I think. I mean, what was what's that going to do for anyone? Like, who cares? Even if they got fined a hundred grand, like Parramatta fans don't give a shit. And you know, Parramatta fans feel robbed. Look, I think if you look at the rules, the rules have betrayed them. I mean, Parramatta did the same thing in the first half. It wasn't in the same stage of the game, obviously, but Penrith were working out of their working out of their own half, and they got on a bit of a roll to make meters, and then the game got stopped for Walker Blake, who was off the field, and the trainer stopped the game. He was off the field and they stopped the game. So this is a rule that is flawed. And every team, if a situation arises, is going to use it to their advantage. Every single team. I think the referees should have been a bit more aware. The touches have been useless for 20 years. Like, you're meant to go out and assess the bloke and then call for time off. You know what I mean? So what's his name? Uh, Annesley, yeah. Graham Annesley, yeah. So he he said, um, he came out about that and he said, he goes, it doesn't necessarily have to be assessed. Like sometimes you can see somebody get knocked out and you think straight away, oh, this game needs to be stopped. And so he defended the touch judge. I still think that he shouldn't have been stopped, but he defended the touch judge because the touch judge didn't see what happened. He just heard the trainer say stop the game. So that's what he did. And he did it, I guess, as a precaution in case that guy was seriously injured. But uh, if you look at it, really, it would have been one more tackle. By, that, by the time the next player had stopped, the trainer would have been there and he would have assessed that and the game would have stopped there anyway. So yeah. it really, it really would have stopped them for one tackle if he followed the rules. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with uh, Beth saying it was a precaution because, because look at it this way. I feel like if Penrith were ten meters out, there's no. no way I'm not. Saying, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm saying that's what uh, Graham Ansley said. Oh, Ansley said okay. Yeah, but yeah, to my point, if Penrith had the ball ten meters out, there's no way in the world that trainer stopping the play to kill the momentum like that. In terms of every team doing it, I have I just haven't seen that incident before that obvious this or this year I can or like I remember you know, um, like in such a crucial crucial stage of the game for him to like it was almost blatant. That's why it just came across as so obvious. 
There's no doubt it was blatant. Yeah. Like, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, it, I think yeah. it's happened a few times, but it hasn't been in that scenario where it's a do-or-die final. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely a lot, a lot more light shown on that one. Just yeah, because it was the, in the mo- in the moment of it. it. Like, the it, game's it, on the line. It, you know, Paramount is attacking inside the 20, and there's a big opportunity. They've got a quick play the ball, and they stop the game. Like, yeah. there's a massive moment in the game. That, that's the thing, but as well, just to add to that, like, Ivan Cleary the week before was complaining about the refs, this and that, but he gets, he's, he's literally complaining. So, the first thing he was complaining about was uh, his plays not being able to block block the kicker, which is pretty much illegal when you actually look at all the replays of players doing that. I'm sure next year it's probably going to get made a rule. And now, on the back of that, I don't know if it's a premeditated tactic to do that, but surely someone would have told the physio to um, to stop the game in the, in that crucial moment. May have been trained think, into them. I don't know. I think I think that's just every team in the comp. I think every team in the comp has that thing of if we're in defense and there's a player down, get to him and stop the game as quickly as possible. Because obviously you're a man down in defense. I think every comp has that. Every team has that same thought process on on that situation. The Penrith player, uh, the Penrith trainer, just did it without getting to the guy. Well, I want to I want to yeah. cut in and say should Penrith have been penalized in the moment. No. I don't. I don't think so. Only because it's more the coach and the trainer that have decided to make that decision. It's probably a bit unfair on the players if they are penalised. But I think this fine's not going to really do much for the club, or nor is it going to do much for Parramatta. So it, that that literally means nothing to them. At the end of the day, it was tactical. They can do it. Well, obviously now they can't. So. They they use it to their advantage and it won them the game. Um, in saying that, Parramatta had many chances and so did Penrith to to score tries. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Like it was obviously evident, and you probably won't see it happen again based off what's how the NRL have reacted to it with with that fine. I guess it's a bit of karma as well because Blake Ferguson dives. Let's be honest, he took a dive and he got a penalty for it, milked it. Um, yeah, but that. Every, every play does that. No, I know that, but again, like a lot of like because it was such a close that game. It wasn't a crusher tackle, by the way. No, because look how he got up straight away. Like when you're telling me his neck hurt, oh. like. But I'm saying there's so many incidents. Like Moses got held back, and the referee didn't say anything. Remind me of any other incidents. I'm sure there was way more. Uh, to me, yeah, the, the, Moses the most disappointing during the scrum. Oh, he milked it. Like, Moses milked it. Like, even if you look at it, like, he, he did milk it. But, again, to his advantage. Because, again, like... But he your, was offside, coach... who, oh, cares okay. if who cares if he's obstructed? But I'm saying even the obstruction itself, regardless of offside or not, like, he milked it. And what I'm saying is, like, clubs are told the rules and they bend them to the point of just about breaking them. You know what I mean? That's how NRL coaches or the best NRL coaches think. Well, yeah. So, like... You must if... be devastated because you picked Parramatta. Did you? I, I am, and I'm not. <laughs> Either way, I'm, there, there was going to be a winner out of that game. Yeah? yeah. Whether, whether they, uh, there was cheating or not. So each, what? Penrith yeah, cheated? Team. So Penrith cheated? Uh, we never cheated. No, no, no. no. I said, well... the rules, maybe. I never cheated. Yeah, so, look. Each team had the, the same amount of opportunities. It just yep. came down to who uh, who finished the game on top. Uh, look, Thanks honestly, for that. For me, other than the Ferguson holding his neck, I feel like, honestly, every 50-50 call went Penrith's way. And I'm not saying it was biased and maybe it was just a coincidence, but even... No, you can't say that. All right, good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know when um, Arpi made that break and he passed it to Cleary? Lucky yeah. Cleary didn't score because that was two metres forward, at least, that part. And then they they disallowed. Oh, get out of it! Yes, it was. And then they disallowed the one that Gutherson threw to Wanga Blake to score that try, and they ruled it forward. Like the two fifty to fifty caused both went Penrith's way. And the most disappointing thing about Luai holding back Moses was that the video ref goes back three tackles for for high shots that had no impact on the game, but they can't go back and give Parramatta a penalty for a potential sin bin as well. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think in finals, like, remember we talked about the referees and the way they ref the games. In a regular season, they'll blow penalties all day. When it comes to finals, bro, they're told 
don't decide the game. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, a yeah. directive. Like, like you're saying, Moses was offside a bass. Uh, they're not. They're gonna turn a blind eye to that. The the little subtle things. They're not gonna care. You know what I mean? Or someone getting held back a little bit, like. But that means there's inconsistency in the game. You're gonna. No, 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 it's not, it's not about inconsistency. I'm, I'm, this is, they're told, the refs are told this by NRL, like, higher up. We this two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just telling you, we said this might happen, something like this is going to come up, and it happened. Yes, it's, it was similar to our origin game, the intensity of it, and again, yeah, that one, the refs deciding the, the big cause, but. Yeah, but like Jacob said, Parramatta had a lot of chances, and besides that kick that spooked Dylan Edwards, Dylan Edwards, I don't know what's wrong with him, it happened to him twice in that game. That was a good kick, but that was a no, that was very nice. no, it was. It was a good kick. It was a good kick. But even the, the sec- one that they scored on was positioning terrible. Yeah, and the second one, remember, like he left it again, but it bounced in his favor. You know, man, he got lucky there. Yeah, Parramatta had a lot of chances, and I just don't think Moses. I don't want to blame Moses because his kicking game was great. Like, I mean, conservative, but he did his job. Dylan Brown, bro, like he did nothing, honestly, except tackle. Well, he's still young and inexperienced. Yeah, but he's been in three <laughs> final series now, bro. Like, I haven't seen any progression from 2019 from him. Like, this was a game for him to step up in. I thought he had some good runs. Like, he was taking the line on a lot. I just but... don't think, I just don't think Parramatta, when they got inside the Penrith 20, they never looked like they were going to score Parramatta. They got repeat sets. Yeah. But they never actually looked like they were going to score there. And if they did, they dropped the ball. You've got to credit Penrith's defense as well. Yeah. And, and we can say the same about Penrith. Their attack was, was shocking. Or That's also credit to Parramatta defence. So I think form went out the window that game. We were just about bashing each other and they, they did that. And I think if you're Melbourne, you would have loved watching that game because they, there would have been a lot of bruised and battered players after that. So my biggest sort of disappointment was that penalty to um, that Penrith guy at halftime. Um, I just didn't see how that was a high tackle. And at the end of the day, that's what the side of the game. At the time, you probably not thought it, but that those two points are what the side of the game when they penalised Will Smith for that high tackle. Again, had had a ref known that was going to decide the game, they probably don't give the penalty. That's right. Yeah. So it's a fifty-fifty, and it's not it's not that it wasn't a penalty, but it could it could have been avoided as well. But you know, that's that's the luck, bro. And Penrith, they moved on. They got lucky. To be fair to Penrith, but I think they got a lot of penalties in the second half. They didn't go for goals. So if they didn't get that first half penalty, they would at least use at least one of them yeah. on the two points. Plus yeah, well, that's Penrith. Because they, thought, they thought they had power on the back foot. Yeah. Plus Penrith went over three times. Let's not, like, there were no tries, but they did that's, get over three times. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I, I too, like, we had a lot of position in Parramatta's half. You know, we had a lot of chances to put points on the board, and we didn't. But at the same time, if you look at those three tries that we went over, that were just like very um, like slight. If we were just a little bit better, we would have scored those. Like Crichton's foot just over the touchline. Like you know, on another day, uh, you know, his foot would have still been in the air. We would have scored that. Uh, Mitchell Moses being offside. You know, that really should have been a, a try, even though he got obstructed. But he's offside, so it should have been a try. And then Luai. the um, the Luai being like half a meter offside, and that. You know, it's just so many. If those three things happened, we would have been discussing this game in a totally different way that we were discussing it. But Penrith, if they played the way they did against Parramatta to Melbourne, Melbourne will win 20, 20 plus points. And, One um, thing I was disappointed yeah. in was Cleary did not put one of those bombs up. You know, you know, the thing is, I, I was hearing about it. Uh, Moses and Cleary put the bomb up the, when they were going the same direction, right? The wind was behind them. You know what I mean? Mm. They didn't want, he didn't want to kick against the wind. It's very conservative, Cleary. Like, he wasn't mm. kicking at, like as he usually does. Yeah, like, I, I was sitting there, and it was like, um, four, uh, we're like 40 metres or 50 metres out, and that's like his best territory kick. Mm. And he's just putting up straight end-to-end bombs. And I'm just like, what's, is he going to bring it out? He bring it out once. We almost scored Dua was offside, and then never bring it out again. I'm just like, bro, like, is, there, is he just trying to mix it up a bit? Like, to show people that he's not always going to use it and just catch them off guard? For next week, or I don't know what's yeah, they, like. they might be hiding something. Uh, uh what, what, like you got through, maybe, maybe he's hiding something. Who knows? You don't want to give all your secrets away, I guess. It was a big risk, but um, like I said, they move on. Parramatta, I think the maybe like the best thing that happened to Brad Arthur was that game yeah. and the way it ended up because he might have saved his job deservedly or not. That's another issue, 
But you know, the last three games they showed something Parramatta. So the tough thing for them now going into the off season is re-signing a lot of those key yeah. players. So on that topic of BA, they got to re-sign him pretty quick, or they got to make a decision pretty quick just so that players know what's going on for 2023 because they've got so many key players off contract, and um, I'm sure those players would want to know what they, you know, who's the coach. He'll get re-signed by around 13 next year. So the thing now, is, that's, yeah, but that's, yeah, but too, that's, too, that's late. too late for a lot of players, bro. Way too late. You know what I mean? Players, need, like, like you're saying, we talked about this a few weeks ago, a lot of players aren't waiting around to around 13, Ben. Why? Which players do they have off contract? Guffo, Ryan a lot, of those play, a lot of those players, some of, most of them need to move on. What? Somewhere <laughs> else. Why? We can't question that. Okay, uh, we'll save that for another time. Anyway. Turn off your camera and go to sleep, Benny. <laughs> Uh, stay with us, Ben. Stay with us. Okay, we need your sponsorship but money. Also, on that note, if they're not able to re-sign that play, does that mean their premiership window is like slowly closing? Or okay, the thing is, but he said something about they'll want to re-sign because, like they, like because they love the environment they're in, and like he's selling, That's he's right. selling, selling yeah. it to them. But bro, these guys want to get paid too. Would it? Exactly. Like Papa Lee is not going to re-sign for well, the money. Let me... He's no. on now. Name me the top yeah. four players that are that are not gonna oh that they need to still resign. If there is four, I don't know how many there are. Oh, there's plenty. I, I'm just gonna bring it up. I think it's Guffo, Madison, Papa Lee, Dylan Brown, Dylan Brown, Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie. That's key players, bro. Uh, in this scenario, this is vital power. They need to pick uh, the players that are that they need in that club and then try to get bargains somewhere else. This would have been probably perfect if Burden had, was this was his first year. They could have tried to snap him up um, and let go of Dylan Brown because, as you said, Dylan Brown hasn't really improved for the last two years. And if they if they're looking to push for a premiership, they can't rely on Dylan Brown coming good in four or five years. They might not have a premiership winning team then. So um, I think they should keep Reed Marnie. You could see if he if he was playing on Saturday, the Eels probably would have won um, as as good as um, race is it race time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, as good as Ray Stone is defensively, he he made a lot of mistakes that cost Parramatta. Um, yeah. So if Reed Money was playing on Saturday, that the game could have been totally different. Um, so I think you keep him. Uh, you keep Madison, Guth. <laughs> I don't know. Do you keep Gutho? That's that's probably that's probably the trickiest one. He wants a million. Would you take him for a million? No. No, I wouldn't take him for a million. No. Uh, Seven that's what he wants then let him go somewhere else probably 800 is the most that you'll offer him I think for me they don't like, I actually don't think they need to get rid of anyone they just need one more X factor like I like Gutherson a lot is, imagine if, if they got Katoni Stags and they tried earlier this year I reckon next year they're like a good shot at winning yeah, the comp yeah but they can't retain them all everyone wants higher money so you have to pick a few we're saying there's a lot of people off contract, Tony. So like Guffo, Dylan Brown, Reed Money, Madison, Paulo, Papaliti. Like these guys aren't re-signing for less money. You know what I mean? They didn't yeah, win a premiership. True. So it's like, it's a big crossroads for Parramatta. And, you know, yeah. again, like unfortunately, like, like he's not going to get questioned, but they go out against second round Parramatta. And albeit, if you look at their second round performances over the last three years, they've improved 100% from, you know, getting slapped by Melbourne, South putting it on them last year, and then, you know, this year against Penrith. But next year's their last shot with this group. That's it. You know, and I, I think, like, my thing is, can Brad Arthur get him over that hump? But do you reckon that they have a premiership roster? Because I, I don't think they do. Like, it's not as good as... Well, it's better than, a, than more than half the NRL, the roster. Let's be honest. No, I think no. I think they do. I think I think if you if you get it's hard because there's not many out there at the moment. But if you can find a really good replacement for Dylan Brown, let's say you don't want to re-sign Dylan Brown because he's, he's asking for too much money. If you can find a really good replacement for Dylan Brown that's cheap, either young or old, I'll probably take more old, a bit more experience. Let Moses loose and let the old, experienced guy manage the game, and then you know. Do, do they have any youngsters coming out at fullback for uh, for Parramatta? Hayes Perham. Mm. He's a decent little player, so um, he reminds me a bit of uh, Charles Nickel Clockstar, but um, at the end of the day, he's not as experienced as Gutherson. So. That's the risk Parramatta I think are going to have to take at the moment is pick the positions where that need re-signing, re-sign, the ones that they need to, 
And the ones that they don't, just try to get good, good uh, replacement. Just like what Penrith did with um, all their youngsters. You know what I mean? Like a lot of Penrith's team last year were very young. They were very young. They just had a couple of veterans there that just kind of helped steer the ship and just let the, these young guys go loose. It's not going to be to that extent, but Premiership winning team. Moses is playing the, he's probably at the peak of his um, career right now. The only, the only half I can think of that's out a bit out of sorts of his club is Luke Brooks. Is Luke Brooks going to Parramatta teaming up with Moses again? <laughs> can it do anything for him? I don't think they'll find a better replacement than Dylan Brown, to be honest. Oh. Hey, Ben, you can't laugh and not say why you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Luke Brooks to Parramatta to partner Mitchell Moses. Bro, Luke Brooks can't even take the West Tigers to the finals. Who what, can take the West Tigers to the finals? Who? <laughs> Who can take them to the finals? You can't say that. You talk, can't talk say about that. Tigers have a top eight sidecars. Who's taking the Tigers yeah. to the freaking eight? Tigers have a better record than Parrot, do they? What are you talking about? Guys, you're telling me Luke Brooks to come in and replace Dylan Brown. I'm saying that's the only possible, like in terms of who's available. Who else could they get? Maybe maybe Tyrone May, but I don't think Tyrone May is going to change anything. He's a good player, but again, there's not many options yeah. out there. You can, always, uh, you, you can always um, pull out James Maloney out of retirement. Go massaging, bro. Um, what are you saying, Tony? <laughs> I was just saying, I don't think Dylan, like, I think he's going to be there long-term, Dylan Brown. I feel like he's been playing. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. No, like, no. I can't, I can't see them finding a better player than Dylan Brown. I agree with you, Tony. I just feel like he's very passive, but very passive in a lot in a lot of the games. He doesn't really inject himself as much. I don't know. I feel like the weekend's game was just it was probably the best defensive game I've seen in a while. Like two tries in total off of two two off kicks as well. And the intensity of it was origin level. So like I I can't really criticize any of the attacking players that game. So do you think Dylan Brown had a good season? Better than last year? Can't remember how we went last year, but I'd say he had a pretty good season. Uh, the thing is, but yeah, I know you can't criticize the effort. No one's criticizing the effort, but in terms of when there was moments where they should have taken charge and you know created something, there was no creativity from Brown or even Moses. Now maybe it was from fatigue. They never looked like they were threatening in their twenty. The only way they only threatened from outside, you know, from halfway from the forty meter line. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I feel like Penrith had majority of the board, and I feel like they were always on top. No, no, they, they, they uh, didn't. They didn't. Par- didn't. Parramatta had 51% position. Yeah, they didn't. And, and, and Parramatta were tackled in their 20 more. So, like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Fine. Like, they, they did have opportunities and never took them. Yeah, I, I, I thought Penrith had more tackles in their 20. But, I don't know. Yeah, credit to both the defensive teams. But I feel like no, that it was, was a great really game. It was a great game. Great game. Um, moving on. I think it's only a great game because there's so many um, blowouts throughout the season. So we look at this and we're like, wow, what a game. It was a great game, but no, I know because, like, let's be honest, there's a lot of mistakes and shit, but yeah, like, you're right. We haven't seen a close a, yeah. like, a game of attrition like that. We haven't a seen a battle. Nah. It was Origin, uh, pretty much. It went to the wire. That was the battle of the West, Benny, wasn't it? Benny? talking. You went for Parramatta. You tip Parramatta, don't, don't. Yeah, should be sad, bro. Moving on, we're not going to spend much time with this one, but mainly Roosters, mainly completely dominated them. Um, the only thing that I got out of the game, which we'll talk about in the preview, is every time Roosters went to their right side, their right edge, the mainly right edge, they made a break or they got through. It's just they didn't have anything after that. So that's something that, you know, like Sydney Roosters have no one. You look at South Sydney's left side attack, how deadly it is. If Manly don't fix that up, there's going to be issues. Is that Morgan Harper's side? And yeah, Morgan Harper's side. Yeah, I think they've had trouble with that in the past. And oh, here. You'd say yeah, Rabbitohs have the best left side attacking raid in the in the comp by far. So yeah, that Cody that Walker and Gregor. They'll attack there all night. But um, in terms of Manly being in the prelim, do Manly deserve to be there, boys? Because mm. you know Ryan Girdler came out having a sook. Saying that they can't believe they're there, I think he's a bit, bit pissed off or a bit, you know, I think, jealous. I think what he was trying to say was they always smash the not so good teams, and when it comes up against the better sides, they struggle. 
Um, mm. But to their credit, they bounced back well against the Roosters. I know the Roosters are not really the Roosters, the more North Sydney Bears. But, um, we, you know, we saw what they did to a lot of teams this year. And, you know, they bounced back pretty well. It was good to see Tommy Turbo respond in that way because he did cop a fair bit of criticism after that performance. So, yeah. I do think they deserve to be there. Regardless if they can't beat the top teams, bro, they've taken care of all the crap teams and they play a style that's, you know, dark horse-like. You know what I mean? That, that They can trouble... If they're on song, they can trouble the big teams. The problem yeah. is they're, they're defense. They're, they, they can't fix that. And, you know, the good teams get, get out to good starts. But if they can get a shared possession... They can trouble the big teams. I think yeah. they deserve to be there, Bren. Look, they, 100% they deserve to be there because they've made it. So you can't say they don't deserve to be in the prelims. Um, I think their struggle is that their attack is so potent and they rely on it that when they actually go against a quality defensive team in this current era of rules, they struggle. Like when they go against mm. Melbourne and Penrith, when they just shut them out, they've got nothing else. And they, they can't rely on their, their defence to hold them out the whole game. Any I thoughts, agree. Any thoughts from the game, Ben? Well, it was a good game. Um, look, Roosters were unfortunate that their side's been depleted all year and have been lucky to win a majority of their games and make it to the top eight. Luck? Do you think the Roosters were lucky? Well, it's luck and hard work. So I think they were lucky uh, against the Titans, but I don't think they were lucky <laughs> the whole season. I think they're just a really good team, a world-drilled team. They earned their luck. Yeah. Well, for a team that's missing a lot of key players from the start of the year to make it to where they got to, yes, it is lucky. All right. That's your, that's that's your thing. Oh, that's a bit lucky. I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's his <laughs> thoughts. What yeah, they're, they're, I wish Woodhawk were that lucky. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if you look at like a lot of other teams, when they lose one or two good players, their season's done. Uh, Roosters lost about well, seven or eight. And they just well, have a very well good... let's put it to you this way. If Manly lost Tommy Turbo earlier than what they did, they would have been none. Well, we saw that. And they were shit. I wouldn't so, even pay five so cents to watch You're proving Solomon and Jacob's point. We yes, appreciate, We appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, man. Regardless of that, Roosters I lose a lot of good a lot of experienced players. But man, like a lot of young kids that played this year, they're gonna take a lot out from what they've the experience and Bro, they've got a side that's going to dominate the next decade, bro. All those young kids and Kiri coming back, it's scary, honestly. Like, no, no, I don't think a lot of people realise that, but they're just getting started again, man. Yeah, I think they're almost the favourites to win next year's comp. Wow, wow. Who's this, Manly? Or Roosters? With with all they're doing. Oh, yeah. They're doing that well with that They'll be up there with Melbourne again and Penrith. Kiri's, yeah, Kiri's so good, I think. Him and Tedesco are just going to kill it next year. Plus, you got the young players maturing with Sawali as well. Walker. Yeah. Walker. The, the, one of their forwards that was injured early in the year as well, uh, Lindsay. Lindsay Cop was at Collins. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's another big player. He's a Queensland player as well. So, Benny, you don't think they're, they're going to be up there, Ben? It's going to be a challenge. They've got a lot of young kids coming through that. Yeah, a lot of young forwards, even that are. Very inexperienced, and I think Jared Wurra Highgrave might be carrying that forward pack next year. Yeah, like there's no no Cordner, no friend. Um, Isaac Leu's going as well. No Morris brothers. No Morris brothers. So just a lead. They have they have lost a bit of leadership, but um, I think they that's what I mean. Learned, they would have learned a lot of leadership this year because most of the year they played without those guys we've just named. Radley's their new leader. You can't go wrong with him. Like, I feel yeah. like he's... If he can stay on the field. If he can stay on the field, yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. VR, brother. VR. <laughs> All right. Take a break and we'll come back, preview the prelim finals. The following announcement has been paid for by... Body Envy Massage. So we uh, do massages all over Sydney. We're mobile. We come straight directly to you. We take bookings over DMs and um, text message. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We've also got a website, bodyenvymassage.com.au. On Insta, it's Body Envy Massage. Facebook, it's Body Envy Massage 17. We're mobile all over Sydney, so we travel to the north, to the east. Sydney's number one. Sydney's number Sydney's one. Sydney's number one. You can't get better than this guy. All right, we're back. Preliminary finals. First game, Friday night. 
the Manly Seagulls versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. What a clash. Uh, I wish Latrell was playing because um, it would have made it even more interesting. I probably would have leaned more towards South, but I think Manly are a big chance in this game, boys. Me too. I think they are, just because of the fullback. Didn't you say they don't deserve to be there? <laughs> Didn't you agree well, with Girdler? Well, Girdler should just watch his mouth as well. Like, ah, all right. uh, He's got businesses running in those areas. Which areas, Ben? Tell us. The Northern Beaches. Okay. Specifically? I don't, I don't care about um, irrelevant facts. <laughs> what does businesses in Northern Beaches have to do with Manly and, and his comments? I don't know, mate. mate. Oh, fuck, who knows? But anyway, Manly. I think Manly can win, boys. What do you think? Yeah, Back. same here. Yeah, obviously, everyone's going to give him a chance just because uh, purely Latrell's not playing, just like we expected um, Penrith to beat the Rabbitohs two weeks ago. Um, I think that week off's going to really help South Sydney. And, yeah, I just can't see them see them losing. And also based on the fact that Manly have really struggled to beat those top three sides this year. So, yeah, South will just have come good at the right time. Um, it's obviously a shame Latrell's not going to be there. But, yeah, I just can't see them losing. There's no doubt the defence South Sydney against Penrith was... They went to another level we haven't seen in a while. To get an attack going without Latrell is very tough. We were just talking about it before, the right side for Manly. If if they can clean up that right side and they can shut down Cody Walker somewhat, I think that goes a long way for Manly winning the game because really, like, you look at the four packs, they're, they're both young four packs. They kind of cancel each other out. If South can't stop Tom, because I don't think South can stop Tom like Melbourne stopped Tom, right? I don't think they're that, they're that good, South Sydney. So if they can't stop Tom, it's going to be very hard for them to win this game because I feel like Manly is going to get into a want to get into this like they want to outscore them. They don't really want to defend their way to victory. Yeah, so you suggest yeah. it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, up in Queensland. Yeah, I don't know. I think it all comes down. I think Manly can put twenty-two points on Rabbitohs max. That's the max they can put, and it all comes down to whether uh, Souths can score more than twenty-two points. Now, I was looking at Manly throughout the season. So from round 17, 30 to Raiders, yep. 18 to Dragons, 24 to Tigers, they've conceded, 22 to Sharks, Melbourne, 28, Parramatta, they conceded 10. That was a good defensive performance, 18 to, to Raiders again. So the, the, their defense is not that great No, um, against those teams, right? So if, if those teams can put 18 to 20 points on them, then I think Rabbitohs can also do it, even without... Even without Latrell Mitchell, I mean, we saw that what two weeks ago against Penrith. Reynolds was controlling the game wherever they wanted to play. He he just made sure that that's where the game was played. And then Cody Walker came in, did what he needed to do. And then once they got to that eighteen, was eighteen twelve lead or sixteen twelve um, against Penrith? Sixteen kind of, ten. Yeah. yeah, they they kind of just decided to just let's let's just win the game here by just defense, and that's what they did. Even the approach, but from South Sydney against Penrith, like every time they got a penalty, they went for goal. They kind of know they don't really back their attack as much as we think. You know what I mean? They they try to take any points they can. Penrith got how many penalties against Parramatta? Like Tony was saying before, they didn't take it once after they went eight six up. So, but yeah. South Sydney will yeah. do that against Manly. That could have cost them the game, but that that could have cost Penrith the game. No, hundred hundred percent. But I'm just saying the way Souths are, they, they'll take every point they can get. So I don't know Which if I, I can get. They... I don't know if I can get more yeah. than twenty two points. I reckon Souths are falling asleep in the second half. Big ball. Well, they didn't against Penrith. They usually do. They usually do fade out. You're right. But that performance against Penrith kind of changed a lot of people's minds. It's a, yeah, it's a tough one because, like I said, Manny's probably got one of the best attacking teams in the game when they're on. But I feel like something about Rabbitohs, I feel like they've, they're just more experienced with a lot of the players in terms of finals and... I feel like it's going to be hard to control Rabbitohs forward pack, especially with Cameron Murray. And then you got Damian Cook, a high specialty hooker on, on the back of his play the balls. And as much as I like Latrell, I actually don't think it's that big of a loss for Rabbitohs because they've still got that back one play and they've still got Cody Walker there as well. Like him and Adam Reynolds, without them, then we'd probably be arguing about their attack. But I feel like they've still got that back one play. And, and especially like you said, with Manly's um, defensive deficit, it's there on the on the right edge. Rabbitohs could bust them open quite a fair bit. 
also take into fact that Wayne Bennett, you know, last year, Adam Reynolds last year, they probably got obviously a little bit more to play for than Manly. Manly's probably just figured out they've got a good team for the next couple of years. So that could probably play into it a little bit. But I just, again, if Rabbitohs can pull off a defensive performance like they did against Penrith, they'll win. I don't think they're capable of doing that again. You know what I mean? That's just, I just don't know if they can do that. I think they have had the week off. Yeah, yeah that know. does help. Yeah, true. I think that's their defense. I think, like, the way they played against Penrith, they were a bit better in defense than usual, but I think that's just their, their defensive structure is really good. And I think the first 20 minutes is going to tell you everything about the game. If if Manly has a lot of possession in the first 20 minutes and they can't crack them open, Manly's confidence will go, I think. Other yeah. than Tom Trebojevic, a lot of the rest of the team, other than the rest of the team, their confidence will go. And that's where South can start peeking at them. All right. So, Tony Souths? Yeah, Souths. Jacob Souths? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Souths, mate. Ben? I'm going with Manly. I'm going to go Manly, Abbas? Souths. All right. Split there. And the other prelim, Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m., got moved because of the AFL grand final. Shout out, doggies. Shout out to the doggies. Doggies in the grand final cuts. Um, When's the next, uh, the second game? Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. Not bad. Yeah, different. Daytime footy. You'll get the best best footy possible, I think, in the daytime. Well, it used to be like that in prelims. They used to have one night game, one day game in the prelims. So, yeah, no, it's it's a bit of a throwback. Melbourne Storm versus Penrith Panthers, grand final rematch. Come one week early. The best attack versus the best defense. I think people forget that about Penrith. They got the best defense in the league. And, you know, people riding them off saying they're going to get slapped by 20. If they can hang with them for the first 20 minutes and not let Melbourne get to a big lead, I think Melbourne will be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, that's that's my exact thoughts too. Like we saw it against um, Canberra last year in the prelim where Melbourne blew them off the park straight away and Canberra had nothing. And we saw it a few weeks ago against Manly. They came out firing. So if Penrith can hang in there for literally the first 20 minutes and, and just do what Parramatta did with them and just go pretty much turn it into an origin where it's just bashing each other every set, set for set, Penrith just have to back their attack. And like, there's no reason why Penrith come in. It's just, it's not confident. They haven't shown much confidence in, you know, thinking that they will win because, the past few weeks have, haven't really been the pendants that we saw throughout the season. Um, I think Origin is probably the biggest or the worst thing that's happened to pendants this year. So. Um, but I really hope they do come out and put on a performance because it'd be a shame for them to have such a good year and for it to finish like this. I think the key difference coming into this game for Penrith is for the first time in a long time, they're underdogs with a full team. Clear yeah, underdogs so too. Playing with yeah. no pressure at all. Exactly. So the, it's dangerous for Melbourne. There's no pressure, but there also is pressure because Penrith have been the dominant side for the past two seasons. And if they go out, you know, two years without winning a, without winning a title, like they're, they're probably going to earn a title that um, St. George had a few, about 10 years ago. Abbas, can your boys do it? Every week we come up, we, I, I find myself saying we have to have our best performance. And we just don't have our best performance. We don't even have close to our best performance. So in this week, we need to have our best performance. But if the best performance best performance doesn't come, I agree with Jacob there. He just has to come become into a dogfight. It has to be the 60th minute and we have to still be in the game. We have to find the way to still be in the game in the 60th minute and have a chance to win our team if we're not at our best. Actually, take every two points you can get. But our defense is going to be very, very... <laughs> that's probably what they're going to do now. It's like every two points they can get. But um, for some for some reason, I've realized that every time we've versed Melbourne over the last two years, they've always had very good field position at the start of every game. They've always, for some reason, we, maybe we'd lose the ball or they'd get a penalty and they'd have good field position from the first 10 minutes. And that's that's been a big issue for Penrith. Now, before our attack was that good, that we could deal with that. We, our attack hasn't been like that for... Because in the first... Even in the first half, one or two tries without responding, I think that'll be a game over for Penrith. If we go in at halftime with no no tries and they've scored two, I think that'll be very hard for us to come back. Well, I mean, Melbourne love an early kick to Adakar, don't they, Tony? They love that, huh? First minute. That's right. Look, to be honest, I'm pretty worried for Penrith in this one because I feel like just judging on their past two games, I feel like the, the good teams have actually figured out their attack 
And I don't know what Penrith's going to do after that. When Do they have a plan B to counteract that? Like, they've got... This final series, they've scored two tries. They've both been off kicks. So, they've obviously struggled with their attack. And, again, I, I feel like Melbourne still has another level in them. Every time we, we think a team's going to beat them, especially in a big match, they just come out to, to a new intensity and just blow the other team off the park. And especially after having a week off and you had that the massive game with Para last week, like they're going to be bruised going into that. So it's, like I feel like if they topple Melbourne, it's going to be a massive upset. They have to kind of incorporate what Parramatta did to them. Yeah. I think the biggest issue, oh, the biggest key to that game, uh, I, th- I actually think it's Uppy. We don't we don't look as dangerous if he's not going out of dummy half. I think it's just a lot of one out players, one out players. I think Uppy needs to start getting more involved in the ruck and trying to get those tied forwards. I know it all starts from the uh, the forwards, you know, laying the platform, but you know he's got to better be a bit more active. I think I think he's got to go out there and actually, um, you know, let the Melbourne Storm know that if you guys don't compress your defense, then I'm going to go straight through. And if you do compress, then that's when Cleary and Luai can start exposing that. The only thing as well for Melbourne, they haven't really had a hard run since origin period. The only decent defense they've versed is Parramatta and they lost. I guess, does that play into their minds a little bit? What well, you don't think, Ben? No. Nah. We're too well drilled? Yeah. You're Penrith's number one tickler holder and you give nah, them no shot. It's a Parramatta last week. It's yeah, but he's, still, he's still number, okay, number two tickler holder. Look, Penrith's missing their key signing this year, which is Pete Green. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now <laughs> I need to go toilet after that one. Ah, can, you, can you kick him out? Ah, uh, yeah. Nah, that's a good. That's look, a good one, Ben. Look, it's gonna be a hard match, <laughs> and I reckon Melbourne's gonna win. You're saying up is a key for me. It's Luai, yeah, because if there's anything, there's a, if there's ever a weakness about Melbourne, it's that right side defence from Melbourne, where Jennings and Remus Smith is, you know, and they've exposed that before. And to be fair, that left side. Like we're talking about Penrith's attack, you know, stuffing up. That's coincided with the left side pretty much being passive. I haven't seen much from Luai, Kikau in that side. If they can click, if Luai can get back to being, you know, his earlier form, if he can just click somehow, that's going to be massive because they'll exploit that side very easily, I think. Yeah, well, when I say up is key, I just mean that he's got to keep the defense on their toes. Give that space for Luai and Cleary to go out there and change the game. Brian thought of that because I know he's named on the reserves. He should be playing this week. Yeah, he's playing. Yep. Don't ask me. That, that's right. Uh, um, Benny, Benny must have links with Cleary because he's listed as, I think, number 21. So, so yeah, Ben, you think Thor's playing? Yep. Yeah, I spoke to Ivan today. Tips, boys. Abbas? On form, Melbourne win, but I'm going to tip Penrith. Brother, I need a final tip. I don't want form and this and that. I want just one tip, brother. Tip Penrith. Tony. Yeah, I'm going to go Melbourne by 16. Yuck. Get 16? out of here. 16. Okay. Uh, Benny? Disrespect. I'm going to go Penrith by two. Because you just said we can't No, win. no, no. That's it. Penrith by two. Okay. I don't, know. I don't get it. But anyway, um, I'm going to go Penrith by <laughs> a, a cleary field goal. Jacob? I'm going to go Storm, mate. They're just in better form. Fair point. That's about it. That's the games, obviously. Um, ben, keen for a game or you can't be fucked? Yeah, give us uh, your best shot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon did not want to play. <laughs> not really. All right. We're going to play who you play for, all right? You should get these ones, all right? Uh, breaking news, by the way. Apparently, Ryan James has signed with the Broncos. Yo. Massive. Fuck, that's a solid sign. But, but, but. Nah, he, he's all right. He's a good, play- he's a good player. He's all right. Link up with the goat. Link up with Payne Ask the goat. There you go. All right. Ready to go? Yeah. All right. Who we play for? First player. Ding, ding, ding. Josh King. Who we play for? Josh King. Newcastle Knights. Ding, ding, ding. Ah. He actually thought. <laughs> he actually thought about that one and got it. Um, next player, Jordan Grant. Melbourne Storm. <laughs> two from two. All right. Helium Lukey. 
<laughs> Helium Lukey, who he play for? Five. Four. South Sydney. What do you always do? When in doubt, you pick? New, uh, North Queensland Cowboys. You stuffed up again. <sighs> Fourth person. Kanan Palacia. Manly. Eh. Broncos. And last one. Uh, Viliami Vilea. They're real people. Really? Viliami Valia. Benny, you've been asked these questions before. These players. <laughs> um, we got better the first time. Come on, man. You want to find a friend? Yeah, st- yeah can I? No. Nah. Just have a wild guess, man. Like, um, Viliami Valia. Mainly. He's almost manly. Then New Zealand Warriors. Yes. The New Zealand Warriors. That. And like Jacob said, um, we did this like four weeks ago or something. So I thought you <laughs> might have remembered. I thought you were going to remember them all. But anyway. He hasn't kept his study notes. Yeah, you went worse. You got what, two from five? Yeah. 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 You need a study, brother. Next week's the finale, mate. We need five from five from you. Honestly, no. bro. The fans are asking. Anyway. That's about Otherwise, it, boys. Otherwise, we'll get another massage company to sponsor us. Hey, Benny, if you don't get um, five, Benny, if you don't get five from five, you need to give out five uh, massage vouchers. What about that? How about you one? Study every player now. <laughs> How about one? How about five? Yeah, five. Yellow. Four. Me, Solomon, Tony, and Jacob. Ah, uh, four. Yeah, all right. All right. Sweet. That, if that, you don't get five be... from five, no, but you got to do this properly. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, boys. Benny. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Tony. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Cheers, boys. Up, up the Cheers, riff. Bro. Up the riff. Good luck to everyone. Take care. Peace. Enjoy the freaking finals. Yalla.